The Lord be with you. Welcome to Thin Places, the podcast channel of St. Aidan's Anglican Church in Nicholasville, Kentucky. I'm Father Lee, the pastor here at St. Aidan's, and I want to invite you to join me here each week as we join together to share common prayer, common worship, and common life. And just as the streams feed the trees on their banks till they pour in the seas, so may my life be to all those who share this wilderness road. A reading from the Gospel according to St. John in the 14th chapter. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that you may be where I am also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly. Truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Alleluia. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. When I was in seminary, um, I read a book, I was given a book as as one of our, our textbooks for a class that was called Portraits of God. And it's a book that I found extremely useful at the time, and it's a book that I have continued returning to over and over and over again. And here's why. The, the, the book says that a lot of the arguments that, that we as Christians have, um, especially a lot of the theological arguments that we have, happen because we have different portraits or different visions or different lenses through which we view God. And many of those lenses are biblical. Many of those lenses are true. They just look at the story of Scripture. They look at the way that God has revealed God's self to us in a slightly different way. And so 
And, and so it, it analyzes the lenses and then the way that those lenses help us to create language and concepts and narratives that we use to explain our interactions with God and how we see God acting when we're reading scripture together. And so some of those portraits are the, um, the creator or the, the priest or the judge or the father or the king. All of those are ways that teach us how to relate to God. They teach us about the way that God interacts with us they teach us about the way that God responds to sin and what sin looks like in, in our relationship with the Father. They teach us about how the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit reveal themselves to us throughout Scripture. All of those lenses are biblical ways, are true ways of understanding who God is. They're not the entire picture. They're part of the picture that God is presenting to us in Scripture. I don't have a copy of that available online just yet, but I will, uh, I will make sure that there's one available shortly in the link description of our, um, of, of our video today. The lenses that we use to view God change the way that we relate to each other. They change how we understand worship. They change everything around us because we long to understand God. We long to experience God as God is. We don't want there to be shadows, and we don't like it when there is confusion, and we don't like it when things are unclear. It makes us uncomfortable. And it makes us uncomfortable when other people talk about God in a way that's not familiar to us. Often our response to that is to alienate those people, to push them away and say that their vision of God is inaccurate or untrue. Now, I'm, I want to be careful there because there are visions of God that are inaccurate and untrue. But it's important for us as Christians to listen, to engage in conversation with our neighbors, with our friends, with our family, to hear the way that they are encountering God in Scripture. Of course, our culture is filled with false visions of who God is and what God is doing. And we want to reject those. We want to set those aside. But we also want to not push away other people's experience of God, especially when those are experiences that come to us in Scripture. Because that's exactly what Philip is doing in, in, our, in our lesson today. Philip wants Jesus to show God to them. Philip wants to see a portrait of God. He wants Jesus to name God. He wants Jesus to reveal God to himself. He doesn't want it because he's curious. I think that Philip wants that revelation from Jesus because Philip is concerned. And rightly so. If we go back a little bit to the beginning of, of chapter 13, Jesus is preparing for the Passion. And so he's gathered his disciples together for the Feast of the Passover, and they all gather together after, after journeying from, from Galilee to Jerusalem. There have been several stops along the way, but they finally get to Jerusalem, and they begin to settle down in this upper room together. And what does Jesus do? He washes their feet. This person they look at as Lord and Master, Jesus even names that. I, who you call Lord and Master, 
washes their feet and it makes them very uncomfortable. And then what happens? Jesus tells them that one of his inner circle, one of his closest friends and companions for all of these years is about to betray him, to give him into the hands of Gentiles, into the hands of sinners so that they will kill him. And then he says, I'm going to give you a new commandment. And this new commandment is that you love one another the way that I have loved you. And almost as soon as he says that, he tells Peter that Peter is going to deny him. You see how everything that they have been learning along the way is being brought into sharp and distinct focus. It's intense. And you can, you can feel the anxiety that the disciples are experiencing. All this talk about betrayal and denial and abandonment. This overturning of their social structures, of their entire cultural world. Jesus is turning everything that they know and everything that they believe on their heads. And Philip says to him, just let us see God. We can endure all of these things, Jesus, but let us see God. All of this uncertainty, all of this stress, all of this change, all of this uncomfortableness, all of this is going to be okay if you'll show us God, if you'll give us something that we can hang on to, if you'll give us something that we can hope for, it will all be okay. We trust you, Jesus. Just let us see God. That's all that we're asking. Let us see God. Prove to us that we made the right choice. Prove to us that we made the right decision. Show us God. And when he says that, Jesus unravels his universe. Just as he unravels our universe today. He takes everything that there is and turns it over on, his, on, on its head. He says, Philip, have you been with me all this time and you still don't understand? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Imagine the air just being sucked out of the room. Philip, have you been with me for so long that you don't understand? To see me is to see the Father. What you see me do, you see the Father doing. What you see me desire, you see the Father desiring. What you see me say, the Father is saying. When you see Jesus, when you see Christ, we see the Father mirrored in the face of the Son. Because this is God. Philip wants him to reveal this portrait of God, and Jesus says, I am the portrait of the living God. God's self has become manifest in humanity, and the place that we look to see the face of God is in the face of Jesus Christ. And the God that we see revealed to us in the person of Jesus Christ is a God who washes feet. 
It's a God who allows himself to be betrayed. It's a God who allows himself to be abandoned. A God who is impoverished. A God who is homeless. A God who faces injustice. A God who allows himself to be torn and broken and murdered. And that same God is a God who says to us, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. This is the way to the Father. I am the way to the Father. This is the way to the Father. Do you want to see the Father? It's here. This is the way that the Father loves. The way that Christ loves is the way that the Father loves. The same God who, who embraces our woundedness, who allows us to inflict our woundedness on him, is the same God who now and forever lives, and the same God who reigns as king over all. This is our God that is exactly how God is king. When God is king, it doesn't look like the kings of our world who grasp for power and try to grab a hold of everything and never let anything go. The way that God is king is by putting himself before our feet, embracing all of the hurt, all of the injustice, all of the brokenness, all of the rage, all of our sinfulness, he embraces and endures. That's the way that God is king. That's the way that Jesus is Lord. We say Jesus is Lord, Lord Jesus all the time. The way that Jesus is Lord looks like this. He says, this is the way. This is the truth. This is life. To love each other the way that I have loved you. This is the way that Jesus is Lord. This is the way that God loves us. Holding nothing back. Expecting nothing in return. This is the way that the Father loves the Son, pouring out everything that He has. This is the way that the Son loves the Father, through the Spirit pouring out everything that He has. This is the way that God loves us. He empties himself to become one of us. He pours out everything that he has to invite us into that same kind of life, that same kind of love, that same kind of relationship. He's inviting us to allow his love to shape our lives, to shape our hearts, to shape the way that we serve, to shape the way that we love each other. He's inviting us into that kind of life. The way that Jesus is king, the way that God is Lord, the way that God loves us is to embrace and to endure every lowness and every hardship and every hurt and every hatred in order to set us free, in order to rescue us, in order to bring us Because that was always the heart of Jesus. 
The Father sent the Son to bring us home, to gather up his lost sheep, to gather up his prodigal sons, to bring us home knowing exactly what it was going to cost him, he still chooses to love the way that God loves, to rule the way that God rules, to reign the way that God reigns. Knowing the cost, embracing the cost, he pursues us with a love that will not let us go. And he still does today. It may be that you're listening to the sermon or watching the sermon today and you haven't experienced that kind of love in your life. I want you to know the deep and abiding love of Jesus Christ. The love that will endure all hurt. The love that embraces all brokenness in order to restore us to bring you home to the Father. It may be that you grew up hearing that, but you've drifted away from it. It may be that in the midst of turmoil and and discomfort and distress and fearfulness that you've forgotten it. I want you to hear the words of God. I want you to hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you today. This is how God loves. Embracing every hurt, enduring every hardship, overcoming every obstacle that sin and the world and the devil can erect to try to keep us separate from God's love. God comes to restore and to heal and to bring us home. That's the way that God loves. And that's what Jesus is inviting us into today. To experience the kind of love that only comes from Christ. And to be transformed by God's presence in our life. To receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then to begin producing the fruits of life in the Holy Spirit. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness. Self-control. To begin living out those fruits in the world around us. To begin proclaiming that Jesus is Lord, but not proclaiming Jesus is Lord the way that it's been done in the past. But to say, if you have seen me, then you have seen the Father. To allow our lives to be transformed into the image of Jesus' love. To allow his love, his sacrifice, his mercy, his grace to transform our hearts. To make us whole, to make us portraits of God. 
so that we become mirrors that reflect his glory, his love, his wholeness, his healing into the world around us, beginning in our homes, continuing in our neighborhoods, and extending to every life that we touch. That's his invitation to us today. Jesus loves you. The Father loves you as Jesus loves you. The Spirit is here. The Spirit loves us and is calling us home. Do you have the courage to take up your cross and love the way that God loves? He says, this is the way. This is the truth. This is life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for checking out Thin Places today. If you were blessed by your time with us and want to know more, check out anchor.fm forward slash thin dash places for more homilies, devotionals, and worship from St. Aidan's Church in Nicholasville, Kentucky. And make sure to follow us and leave a comment and join us again next time in common prayer, common worship, and common life. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Father is restored.